Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. are a strike away from franchise history and some World Series history as Hudson tries to close it out. It'll be another 3-2 pitch to Michael Brantley. Hudson sets the kick and here it comes. Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! Swing and a miss! And a World Series Game 7 winning Curly W is in the books! The celebration is on! The Washington Nationals are the World Champions! Hey, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Half Street High Heat. Thank you for joining us, as always. I am Amanda. You can follow me on Twitter at awhite7877. I am joined by my imperturbable co-hosts, Nick and Ryan. You can find them on Twitter. <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's a You're word. What? Look it up, fella. Look it up. How do you, you spell <laughs> Just like it sounds. It's phonetic. <laughs> You can find them at Natchak, and you should. And you can find the show at uh, Half Street High Heat, which you also should do. Um, anyway, how's it going, guys? You know, it's the holiday season. Yeah, it's the holiday season. Anything major happen this week? Anything going on with the Nats? No, it was pretty boring in baseball, honestly. Nothing happened at all. Yeah, no big free agent news to talk about. Yeah, no, no. my uh, my week in review right now is going to be a little... Because nothing happens. A little light. Well, <laughs> all right. Let's. Uh, well, speaking of your weekend review, let's let's have it. Let's dive into it because I I actually named this big things happening because a lot went down this week. Um, starting off, the Astros they admitted to using electronics to steal signs. The story that won't end, but they denied having a special camera. Instead. They said they had access to a MLB-installed camera in center field and used it to steal signs. That's how they implemented their system. Now we get to the punishments, which will be the fun part because MLB is kind of responsible for this. So how are they going to go about it? Speaking of MLB, they also instituted the new three-batter minimum or end-of-an-inning rule for pitchers to help with pace of play. And they also announced that teams will have extended netting this season in all stadiums to help with fan safety. And probably the biggest story uh, in baseball that's not really getting talked about besides by Bernie Sanders, um, we talked about MLB wanting to eliminate 42 minor league teams. Well, now they have a new proposal where they're going to abandon minor league 
system as a whole. Um, the move is actually backed by a lot of MLB executives. They think having a leaner minor league system is better for baseball. kind of agree with that. We can discuss that later. This threat comes after minor league baseball sent a memo out saying MLB repeatedly and accurately stated minor league baseball stance in negotiation. These negotiations are the next 10-year proposal baseball agreement, which governs the relationship between big leagues and the minors. Their contract is up next year. We may may lose minor league as a whole. The only person to talk about this is Bernie Sanders, and this has a completely game-changing thing. So we will keep you updated there. And now to the moves. Um, Corey Kluber, before, after, right after the uh, winter meetings, he was traded to the Rangers, and they got absolutely fleeced. Rangers got him for free. Mad Bum surprisingly signs with the Diamondbacks, five years, 85 mil. And then the winter meetings were fun again. Here's everything that happened there. Jolie Rodriguez signs a two-year deal with the Rangers. The Mets and Cespedes agreed to a significant pay cut grievance for his injuries, saving the Mets millions. Kevin Gosman signs with the Giants. White Sox acquired Nomar Mazzara from the Rangers for prospects. The Angels traded Zach Cozart to the Giants, which was clearly a uh, huge payroll cut for a bigger move I'll get to in a little bit. The Phillies got their guy, and Girardi got his guy as they signed Didi Gregorius to one-year 14 mil. Brewers signed Josh Lindblom to a three-year deal. Blue Jays inked Tanner Roark to a two-year deal. Dodgers take a flyer on uh, Blake Trinan one year. Mets signed Michael Walker to a one-year deal. Red Sox signed Jose Peraza. The Mets then signed Rick Porcello. Brett Garner's back in the pinstripes. And then today we saw Wade Miley and Absal. Garcia signing two-year deals. And now to the Nats moves. Uh, defending World Series champ signed the World Series MVP to a record seven-year, $245 million contract. Strauss is back in the nation's capital, and he really wasn't going anywhere because, you know, he was working out the stadium the entire offseason. The holy crap <laughs> was his massive deal that he got. Speaking of massive deals, Garrett Cole just completely blew it out of the water. He signed a whopping nine-year, $324 million contract. Is that he good? Shattered. <laughs> hey, no, that's right, bro. He, um, he shattered the AAV record and the most money for a pitcher. He beat Price's record before last offseason by $110 million. It's He's making crazy. more money than Manny Machado, more money than Nolan Arenado. He's making $4 million less than Bryce Harper over five less years. And he has a higher AAV than Mike Trout. And then the news Nats fans hated. Anthony Redone signs a seven-year, $245 million deal with the Angels. Had no deferrals. And Boardman got paid as he took the highest offer in the market. Interesting. In his introductory press conference, mm -hmm. however, Rendon noted that it was great to sign with an organization that made him feel wanted and truly cared about family values. Sound familiar? That's because this is now the second year in a row a free agent left the Nats and talked about how great it felt wanted. The family comments come after Rendon had issues with the Nats' no family fly policy. He also noted that he had a lot of issues with the Nats that couldn't be worked out, but the door was still open. What are those issues? We'll never know. Either way, Rendon's going to get a free pass from the fans for these comments, mainly in part due to the World Series ring and the fact that he fell off, he's going to fall off the map over the next seven years. 
Now Angels fans can enjoy him calling out Angels fans for the next seven years. And that is a very busy week in review. So a couple of things. I'm pretty sure that 13 minus 9 years is 4 years difference, not 5. Just throwing that out there. Oh, and, I'm sorry. And while uh, <laughs> I think it's a 4-year difference. But, uh, I, yeah, the fact that he signed for 9 years, cool. I know he's younger than Strauss, but that blew me away. I couldn't believe he got a 9-year deal. And the AAB's not very different. Yeah, the AAB's not very different. It's only a million dollar a year different, but, you know, the two years, I guess, just gets tacked on. But that's crazy. The, the number of players lately, it's striking to me, are signing, like, the rest of my career length deals with, you know, with a lot of them without opt-outs. And it's just interesting. The, the free agent market's been so wacky the last few years and so in favor of the teams as opposed to the players that I feel like the players are putting themselves in a position where they don't have to be a free agent again. Yeah, it, it's great. I mean, just look at last offseason. Uh, I mean, we, we started this podcast at, at, like, at the tail end of the offseason, but at that point, Machado and Bryce hadn't signed yet, and both of them got paid for certainly, but it wasn't like this. I mean, Garrett Cole, Steven Strasser, Anthony Arendo, and the one, two, three um, on the market, they're all signed by what the – second week of December, halfway through the second week of yeah. December. Like that that's the very good. Agents are gone. <laughs> yeah, but meanwhile Machado and Bryce were probably maybe aside from Garrett Cole, the best free agents to ever hit the market and they had to wait till February to sign. So it's it's just a, a crazy difference from last year. And uh like you said, I mean they're getting paid, which I mean, I guess is one reason they're signing so soon. They're they're getting offers they like. Um, but the Rendon comments are interesting. Um, I mean, we all agreed we thought he was gone. Um, it doesn't surprise me that it wasn't necessarily Texas. The The point was he just wanted to get somewhere where his family was comfortable. Uh, I guess uh, Southern California can't really do much better than that. So all the power to him. It's just the comments that he made. I mean, he could have easily said – uh, like I enjoyed my time in Washington. I'll always remember the run and my teammates and all this stuff, but he specifically took the opportunity to, to talk to the media and, you know, he doesn't love doing that. And he basically called out the Nats. Yep. Um, and when Bryce did it, everyone's like, Oh, Bryce is a douchebag. Like how could he ever, uh, do anything to us when we've shown him nothing but love and support, which is a flat-out lie. Um, but now Rendon does it, and everyone's like, oh, it doesn't matter. He won us a World Series. Uh, See, I, I mean, think that's true. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter pissed uh, at Rendon and bitching about I, it. I mean, I, obviously, Twitter is a microcosm, but I, I don't think he's getting a total pass. Well, no, In fact, it's the, certainly changed my views of him. I mean, it, the, it certainly point, made me, like, I'm shocked by it. Yeah, the point I'm trying to make is it's not – like, I'm not going to change anyone's mind on Rendon versus Bryce. Like, if they want to be, uh, like, hypocritical, basically, then they can. That's fine. But there's a problem with the Nats. Um, and I'm not trying to, be, like, everyone's like, oh, well, we just won a World Series. Shouldn't that make you happy enough? No, if we keep losing our top free agents, then I'm not going to be happy. Because clearly no, there's an organizational you, problem. Strauss? Which well, clearly, a, he clearly doesn't feel the he's same. He's always been an exception to the rule, though. I suppose, but like why? He, I mean, I, I don't know. You've got two two people who were who indicated that there's a problem. I'm not saying there's not. It's just an interesting, you know, Strauss extended without hitting free agency the first time, and clearly had which no is why he's an exception. Like, I'm, I'm not, right. Not, 
saying he's not. It's just he he's been the weird one. Ryan, what were you saying? Yeah, I mean, like you guys both made really good points because there are people who are upset at the like the Rendon comments, but it's not to the same level. And of course, the World Series ring makes it better, but this is like two years in a row where the Nats' homegrown superstar kind of took a dump on the franchise with their new team. And a lot of it is PR mumbo jumbo and like read it as you want. But still, like right after he signed, it came out that he was extremely upset with a lot of the Nats policies, that his wife hated it here, that Rendon like basically became more and more obvious that Rendon did not want to re- sign here. And there's also reports that like their relationship between the Nats and Rendon deteriorated heavily throughout the year. And it was kind of the same thing with Bryce. And I don't know if it's just because they have a long history of not really offering the big-time contracts to position players like they do the pitchers, or there's just stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know about because we've all blamed the deferrals for players not wanting to come here. But what if there's some larger issue here at hand because when guys are getting the chance – they're taking jabs at this franchise. And it's I hear you, but not way. all guys. And I think that I think that narrative is a little overblown because while yes, obviously I don't think was going so. With Rendon, well, but obviously something was going on, though. right? That's bad. But not, would you say they're both bigger than Strauss, who clearly loves the yes. franchise and wanted to stay? You well, talk I've, about other players. You've talked about how much they love the Nats and how much they think it's so family friendly. I think whatever's going on with Rendon. I have no idea what the issues are. Obviously, he didn't want to come back. So to me, that's another thing. People have been killing the team about they let two superstars go. He didn't want to come back. If his wife hated it here and he had no intention of coming back, nothing they offered him was going to make him come back here if that was the case. So you just can't have it both ways. You know, people are pissed at the team for letting him, you know, quote, letting him go. But, if it, you know, he had to want to come back, and he clearly didn't. So They weren't even close to to matching the Angels' offer, though. If you if you take into account the difference in the taxes in Virginia or in uh, D.C. and California, they are not that far off. Well, you also the fact that money the deferrals, wise. but I right the deferrals is an obvious issue. But I'm just saying money yeah, wise, it wasn't the, the money wasn't the issue. I don't think. See, yeah, I, 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 I think it was. He took the highest was. offer. But I don't think it was the biggest issue. Obviously, there's something more going on between him and the team. But I just don't think he was coming back. And I got that vibe from him this whole year, and maybe even some of last year. And I always liked Rendon better than Harper. I'm not. That's just flat out true. I've always been a bigger Rendon I mean, fan fine. than a Harper fan. But I still argue. feel pretty much the same way. He's just a guy now who used to play for the team. He he was great for the Nats. It sucks that he left. But it's just like with Harper to me. Like sucks that he left. That they couldn't hang on to a homegrown superstar, but you know, the Nats are. I Rizzo will find a way to hopefully make up the production and yeah, it'll move on. And I think tough. it's going to be easier to take for Nats fans too, because Rendon's going to be playing on a, in the other league in a team we never play, and he's not going to. I don't think the Angels are going to be lighting the world on fire, so we're not going to have to see him all the time like we do, Bryce. Yeah, which is which is true, and like I agree with the point that you can't force a player to sign here because. I got the same vibe from Rendon that he didn't want to be here, and he also had issues with the family not being able to travel with the team and them having to like pay for their own flights, which I don't really care about that. But yeah, I just I don't know. I think it's such a bad look. It's kind of concerning when you have Bryce Harper, who's the biggest one of the biggest names in the game. He you know made it pretty obvious about some issues he had here. Whether that he was just salty he didn't come back here, we don't know. And then Rendon, who's right. always been pretty quiet, kept to himself. He did take shots about the fan base, the media, quite often. 
on his first mm-hmm. chance he makes stuff. Like, I don't know if that's him just going out and trying to make a good impression with his team, but, like, he specifically said the Nats. And I don't know. I mean, I'm, it's not going to change my opinion on him. Like, still, still like the guy and everything. I just think it's concerning. I think it's a bad look for him, too. I think it's a bad look for the Nats. I completely agree with you on that. But I also think oh, it's I a agree. bad look for him. Like, I, I just, you know what, if it's over. You're not here anymore. You don't need to take, you don't need to crap on the team or, you know, the fans, which I think he did publicly a bunch of times. Like, a I lot know, of the players here, We though. could talk ad nauseum. <laughs> I know. We could talk forever about why the team, you know, why the stadium's not sold out. We've all had that discussion. But I don't know. I, I don't like players. I, I don't like players calling out fans. I think it's a bad look in general. I mean, I think it might have been, I don't know if warranted is the right word, but listen, we just won the World Series. He had an MVP type season. He's only known this team. Um, I mean, they were, it's not like they just like didn't offer him a deal. They they wanted him back even after signing Strauss and he still took the opportunity to, to throw some shade away. So I, I think there must've been something even more Agreed. than the, the the family not being included on the flights. Maybe uh, he was just that insulted by the deferrals. Yeah, like, Maybe. May, uh, may, we'll, we'll never know. I think Ryan said it. Like, we'll never know. It's just uh, I'm, I'm following, like, the, the, the track record. I mean, Rendon did it. Bryce did it. But obviously everyone discounted Bryce because everyone thinks he's a douchebag. Um, uh, I'm but Strauss didn't, and I, a lot I, of other lesser well, players haven't either. So I just think that it's – yeah, okay, go ahead, sorry. No, I, well, I'm just following the tracker because there's been free agents – well, free agents that have signed, done their time in Washington and left, and then crapped on the team. I know Lucas Giolito, like, really had some outspoken things to say about how, the way he was handled and the front office and stuff. Um, so I, I, I don't know what it is. I wish there was, like, a common theme. Whether it was like the family uh, handling or like whatever it may be, but again, I'm gonna say like Strauss is the exception. One because of 2012 and the the way they handled him, that they obviously did right. They they looked uh, at the future and did what was best for him. So yeah, he's kind of that that exception to the rule because I mean the organization took care of him. That doesn't mean they do the same to everyone else. Like Ryan just said, that the Nats historically don't offer the or pay the same attention to to position players as they do like pitchers and, and other positions in free agency. So it easily could have been like a bunch of little things that made Rendon yep. uh, a little bit hostile towards us. Yeah. And, you know, familiarity breeds contempt. Like you said, he's never known another team. You know, and a lot of times, whatever the situation, whether it's a work situation or a relationship, whatever, you know, sometimes it, the grass always looks greener somewhere else, you know. Maybe it is and maybe it isn't. Uh, maybe he'll be it, happier in L.A. than he was here. It's hard to the grass greener in Southern California. I mean, <laughs> you're making, right. I don't blame him. Making a quarter of a well, billion dollars over seven years. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just saying, you know, if I don't know. To me, we could we could go on forever like you guys both mentioned. We're never going to know what the real issues were. There obviously were issues, but I I don't think, I mean, you're right that two in a row and if it's another two or three guys over the next two or three years, then I'd be more concerned, but out of you know, there's three players and one of them raves about and loves the team and two of them didn't and, you know, you have a bunch of, you know, like Daniel Hudson raving about how great they were about his family and his baby being born and him missing a playoff game. I mean, yeah, you have Daniel evidence Hudson, on the other like, side as well. 
Yeah, I understand what I'm saying. If the, the family, they're not friendly. The family's narrative, I don't think is is I necessarily have true. I'm not saying like, Strauss has the same opinions about the family stuff that. So that's exactly. No, hold on. No, oh, you can doubt my sources all you want, but I got sources. That was the last <laughs> point I was going to bring. He actually does. Uh, if we're being like actually serious for a second, he actually does. Um, but the the thing that caught my attention, and again, this will be the last thing because we can talk it to death all we want. But the fact that Rendon said he was in contact with Strauss, saying yeah. like talking about what they could fix, that was like intriguing to me because obviously. I mean, we Harold Strauss as this guy that loves the Nats, like, was never going anywhere, blah, 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 blah. I mean, if he was never going anywhere, he wouldn't have gone to meet with other teams. But, um, I mean, obviously the, the likelihood was that he was going to be back with the Nats, but, I mean, he did meet with other teams. Just want to throw that out there. But clearly, like Ryan just said, I mean, Strauss is aware of the issues, and I would assume probably has the same opinion. Otherwise, like they wouldn't have been discussing about what they could fix, you know, like that would have probably would have been worded different. So it's just, I don't know, something to, to keep an eye on. Interesting. And something we'll probably never get more info on, but yep. anyway, Rendon's gone and that sucks. So <laughs> a requiem for Rendon. It was a hell of a run. Sigh. All right. <laughs> so speaking of Rendon, we did an interview um, for the podcast with the Rally Mullet, Mr. Mullet himself of the at Rally Mullet uh, Twitter account, which was super fun. are going to play for you guys now. We have a great interview for you today in light of Anthony Rendon signing with the Angels. Um, we thought it would be good to do a little emergency pause so we can all share our feelings. And we are joined by Twitter famous account, the Rally Mullet, Anthony <laughs> Rendon superfan, who is with yeah, us to share his on? thoughts and reactions. <laughs> How's it going, man? <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, thanks for inviting me on here. First and foremost, I listen to your pod. Uh, uh, between time off, between work and everything else, and uh, fun to hear things about the Nats that I'd never heard before, and and it's uh, come to this point, guys, hasn't it? You guys, yep, we're here, here, yep, and, here we uh, are. Sad day. Here we are. <laughs> Sad days is right. So before we start talking about yeah. him leaving, tell us how the Rally Mullet account was born. For people who don't know, give us the the backstory. Okay, I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> you know, there was a there was a time where I first started joining Twitter that I uh, was just an account. I think I started it as uh, you know just a good Nats fan, and then I, as I was watching the Nats season unfurl in front of me. I could see that other fans were doing like uh, fun accounts and, and fake accounts, and then some. As I was watching with FP and hearing things about this this mullet that was going on, because Rendon was was starting to hit the ball well, uh, he had this mullet, and I and I started watching. I know some of the games again live, and was able to pay attention. I and I was like, man, this guy is something else. Like he's he's incredible. Uh, I just had had this feeling about how good he could be or whatever. I don't know what it was. This was like in 2000, uh, I guess it was 2000, uh, gosh, I can't remember the exact year. Anyway. 15, probably. Uh, 
The year he, he made his debut in thirteen. That was fourteen, I want to say. Four, his first 14, home run. Probably say, fourteen. Yeah, yeah probably fourteen. Right. It was fourteen. No, it was thirteen. Uh, I just looked it no. up. First home run with a mullet. June 15th, 2013. <laughs> June 15th, yes. Yeah. June 15th, 2013, exactly. So people know that was that day I was watching him. He hit a pop-up the day was born. in a foul. Yeah. That was, he should have caught uh, uh, – it should have been out. Nick Swisher dropped it. It was like a Saturday night Fox game. And the next pitch or so, he hits it out. And I was like, that's it. This guy is incredible. He gave the Nats the lead. I was like, I, I had this helmet that I bought – at Nats Park, and I said, you know what, I'm going to – and I knew about this mullet. I've seen, uh, you know, for fun and games, the Halloween thing. I've randomly seen – I'm like, I'm going to buy this mullet. I'm going to have the helmet. I'm going to glue it. I'm going to keep it. It's just like <laughs> clips. <laughs> I told you, I, I, I just said, I'm going to be a fan then. Now, I'm so, like – pumped up for this team right now. You have, you know, it was, I'm going to go to games. I had free time. Um, I was uh, just going to do it. And turns out I, I got it. I put the uh, you know, shades on. I put the helmet, put the mullet on. Um, that season, I don't believe I went to an actual game, though. I think I waited till the next season. I I, I uh, was putting. But that's when you took the picture. That's your yeah, Twitter that's your Twitter profile pic. <laughs> yeah, that's what. I took and the, the rally mullet was pick. born. That's awesome. I, yeah, I I have I had another question because didn't you sing the national anthem at a Potomac Nats game? Yeah, so officially, well, the Hagerstown Suns game. They had a tryout. Oh, okay, on that's Twitter. what it was. Said, yeah, go to the go to the Suns Mall, the Hagerstown Mall. Um, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, well, maybe how many people will be there? I don't know. Well, basically everyone that was there got, <laughs> got to sing the national anthem if they could, uh, even though you did a try out there, they were like, everyone that's here is going to be able to do it. They needed people to do it. I was like, well, that's great. I didn't sing it very well to begin with. I've got like all sorts of lines. Uh, I had some <laughs> videos. <laughs> I was, uh, I was like. They're not going to pick me. Well, after I was done, they're like, no, you're going to get picked. Everyone's going to get picked, actually. Good job. So the standards were pretty low for the competition. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I was, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember seeing the, the video know. on Twitter, and it, it, it was electric. Yeah. Man. It, it was awesome. Yeah. It got me hyped. <laughs> hey, that you is know what? pretty cool. I appreciate that, but hey, I had to actually write the words on a piece of paper. I would have forgot it then. <laughs> I, taped it, I taped it to the inside of my wristband and uh, was able to like sing it along as I was doing it because I would have forgot. It was like, you know. It's a heck of a cool memory to have. Yeah, exactly. Especially because I think Hagerstown's one of the teams MLB's getting ready to shut down, isn't it? I think they're, getting, they're oh, on the yeah. list. It is. It is on the list. I'm, I'm going to be surprised if they do it, but we'll see what happens there. Yeah. That's a whole other subject we get into. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us where when you heard the news. Were you still awake or did you catch it in the morning? Okay, yeah. This is even crazier. I was wrapping presents down in my mullet room, and I was <laughs> trying to see what. See, yeah, seriously, I had this room downstairs. Uh, I 
dedicated to be in that room and uh, I had all my stuff up. I was wrapping presents and I looked at it and it said the Rangers were out. And I'm like, oh, so great. Maybe they'll sign with the Nets. And then it said the next one or two tweets or something was that the Angels were involved. I'm like, oh, no. And they said, and then the next who, one was Who would like, want to go play with Mike Trout? Like, that's crazy. Right, sure. Sure. And uh, they're throwing around, they want to get it done tonight and this and that. And then I was like, so this could actually happen right now. And then, like, you know, 15 minutes later, I'm finishing up, and it's like the deal's done. And I'm like, there it is. It's over. There it is. I know. I heard I was still awake. I was laying in bed, and I my husband was already asleep. And I'm, like, smacking him. I'm like, no, Redroad went to the angels. He's like, okay. It, it, went, it went quickly, told right? told me that right? in the morning. Yeah, it happened. It felt like the news broke that the Angels wanted to get it done tonight, and then like five minutes later, it was done. Yeah, it, 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 quick. To, the, the point the report broke to the point it it was official was like not very long at all. Because I remember, uh, like I I was going to sleep and I saw that the Angels wanted to get the deal done tonight, and I was like. I'm not going to look at my phone. I'm putting it away because if this breaks before I go to bed, I will not be able to sleep. So I caught right. the, the details uh, in the morning. But I, I have, oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have fully expected it to be done. And the, the whole day yesterday, I was just miserable. <laughs> I mean, I know. So like yeah. you lost a friend or something, and it just was like right. weird. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, How like, did you feel we, about we, Bryce Harper leaving versus this? We were just discussing this before you hopped on. Right. Does it feel similar yeah, we, to you or different? It seems like the fan reaction has been pretty different. Yeah, to me, yeah, you can say hi to the people here. My son's listening <laughs> as we well, Yes, you, we're you having like an interview with Rendon, Riley right? Mallet and Riley Mullet Jr. <laughs> we're getting both. Yeah. Remember, you like Rendon, right? And now he's gone? Now what? What are we going to do? We're like somebody else. Soto, Don't right? say Josh Donaldson. No, no. He was a Soto <laughs> fan because we went and saw Soto in Hagerstown one game when he was there, actually, and he, he, we cheered for him. I have video of that, actually, whenever I posted that to Oh, anyway. what a great memory for you guys. Yeah, awesome. How memory. old is your son? Will he remember? Yeah, yeah. He, he's four, and he, every time we look at the, the pictures or see Soto on TV, he goes, Soto, Soto. Oh, right? I love that. Soto. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So anyway, whenever Harper was uh, whenever Harper was like giving his negotiation, I figured it wasn't he wasn't going to go to in division. I figured he's going to go to LA. That was like how I felt. And then you know, and that would be fine if he went to somewhere in LA, wouldn't have to see him. But now, then he went to. It really pissed me off. I'm like, he really went to the Phillies. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, the Philly thing really made it tougher to swallow. I think the waiting until February thing made it tougher to swallow, too, because it's like we waited and waited and waited and waited only to be disappointed in the end. And I feel like Rendon, Rendon, yeah, we don't play the Angels ever. So it's just, I don't know. And maybe because we just won the World Series, it just hits totally different. But I feel like I would be much more upset about losing Rendon if we hadn't just won the World Series. Yeah, that's even true, too. Yeah, I'd be like, we didn't accomplish anything with him. Mm-hmm. Wasted but, his prime, but, and now he's gone, and the yeah. whole thing that everybody felt about with Bryce, yep. Yep. So this time around, I was kind of like, well, good. Yeah, you did go to L.A. I don't have to burn anything this time around. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> For you, I mean, you are 
the rally mullet. So does right. the rally mullet live on now, or are we rebranding ourselves to, like, uh, the Soto Shuffle, or, right. I mean, what are we doing here? Well, you know, the combination of how it started with starting just with Rendon and then knowing that he could leave, I had to, like, think of what would happen that afterwards because there were times mm-hmm. – he cut his hair. He didn't have the mullet. Then he actually brought the mullet back for that one season. It was even cooler to go to a <laughs> yeah. game where I actually was there at the game where he had the mullet, and it was like, this is crazy. Then, you know, things were like, I, I kind of thought ahead, you know, ahead of time, like, well, this isn't going to last forever. You know, this is cr- fun odds last type thing. So then I was like, well, each team kind of has a rally type of person or some sort of, like, Music or something like it, like the Rally Monkey has started years ago, and then you know, With the Rally like, Pigeon like, that we always see. Yeah, the Rally Pigeon came <laughs> along, you know. So there's always like something that you can always like morph itself into. Even then, have to go away. In other words, basically going to keep it. But I, you know, my choice, my time. I don't have time to go to games anymore, and I'm just going to stay on Twitter and keep the Rally Mullet. Well, what do you think they ought to do at third base now? You got any thoughts? With third base, yeah, the the, the things like Zuckerman's talking about, where they get somebody that's somewhere else um, that's not playing, that's young, would be an option. But I, that's not a big enough hole to fill because Rendon is was that good in the lineup. Like you can't just fill that with some guy they don't know that's not a true practice track record then you got Donaldson who does so you might want to get someone that has track record that could fill that spot right away for a year if not more whatever and who's available they're saying it's all thin there you got Donaldson and they're talking about Chris Bryant and then they're talking about you know moving key boom over it's it's a so it's almost yeah. like by default. There's not a lot of great to, options to replace yeah. a guy who with the production like Rendon. There's just no way to have yeah. one guy that's going to replace that for you. Yeah, right. Unless they yeah. said that they could go for a different bat in another position. I don't know what position that would be, but a primetime bat and then move like Keeboom to third, therefore you're not losing too much in another spot. I don't know how that would work or who that would be, who's available even there. To me, it's, it's yeah. yeah. You're losing you're losing offensive production and defensive production, and not only just in in the in the lineup. And, and how do you feel it? I don't know. What do you guys think? Who, who do you, well, hopefully who do you do? Rizzo knows better than any of us. What do you think, yeah. Nick? I mean, I, I put. Not that I would or would not do it, but I, just to see what the general perception was. I, I did the same two packages, one for Chris Bryant and one for Arenado, and I put a poll up on Twitter just to see where everyone was at. It was Keeboom, Robles, and a low-level pitching prospect. Just pick one out of a hat. doesn't matter. And for Bryant, the overwhelming majority said no deal. And that makes sense because, one, Robles is very controllable. Cuban's your best prospect, and you just don't know what's going on with Bryant's uh, contract and how many years of control you have left, whether it's one or two. Um, but with Arenado, the poll actually won. More 53% of the, the vote said that they would trade Cuban, Robles, and a pitching prospect for Arenado. 
And uh, Arenado, he has an opt-out after 2021, but if he gets traded, it gets voided. So we would have seven years of Arenado. And I've seen the argument that uh, people are like, why would you trade for Arenado? Why wouldn't we have just paid Rendon and kept our prospects? Mm -hmm. Well, one, Arenado is a lot younger, too. So, I mean, it's only two years, but in, in baseball years, uh, that's a lot. It, it certainly, you're getting more prime years of, of Arenado than you, than you would have uh, Rendon. Um, so, yeah. I mean, with, I, I agree with the, the pulse on, you on Twitter. You think either of those teams would take it, though? Like, I, I, don't, even I think Brian gets dealt, but I don't think it's for, like, this – mega package. Uh, I think the the Cubs have lost a lot of their leverage in the negotiations. Like everyone knows the Cubs were, are going to have to trade him um, just because I mean, wow. they have no, no free uh, payroll and it just doesn't seem like he's going to resign there. seems like Rizzo is their priority. The, the payroll is the issue in Chicago. They yeah. can't afford these. Ideas. Yeah. Wow. Right. It's not like Chris Bryant sucks or anything like that. It's just that they can't afford all these guys because they want to extend Rizzo, and they have all these huge contracts like Hayward and Darvish and whatnot. Um, so Darvish, I think that was yeah, going to happen. Right. So, I mean, maybe the Nats are a landing spot, but then it's impossible to gauge what the trade package is because you don't know how many years of control you have. And I don't know. Bryant would be interested in, in extending uh, with the Nats or, or whatnot. Arenado would be the only one I would give up Robles for. Um, yes, Robles is unproven, cheap years of control, all that stuff. But we know what Bryant is. Bryant is uh, not only like an MVP caliber player, but he can play multiple positions. And that's just yeah. so valuable. And I understand center field was the black hole for us for, for years. And I, I don't to want to go back them, to those. Than the infield, that, right. though. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I don't want to go back to those those dark days, but it's generally easier to replace an outfielder than it is a third baseman, especially a, a impact third baseman like Bryant or, as we're seeing now, Rendon are. So, um, I, would I would like Bryant to trade. stick around, though? Is it only for one year because of his eligibility? Did you hear about that? Like, they don't know when his actual eligibility starting uh, like yeah, even for two most, years, I wouldn't give up Robles. Though I mean, I don't even care if it's two years. For like two. for Arenado, if you're getting seven years of control, that's a whole different thing. I wouldn't yeah. give up Robles for right. two years of anybody. Right? Yeah. No, that um, would be dumb. I think. But the, the only thing with the Arenado deal is you're only giving up Robles. Uh, well, it, it, it's tough to gauge because obviously, if we trade for Arenado, we're taking on that contract, so that decreases Arenado's value too. It's not like uh, like an Adam Eaton deal. Adam Eaton's never been an MVP caliber pro or like player, but because he was so cheap and had so many years of team control, that's why we gave up all that we did for him. So Robles has a lot of trade value too. Um, it, it would just be difficult to to figure out what the equal value is. I mean, because it's not like Arenado is uh, on Adam Eaton's level. Like he he's pretty damn good in his own right, uh, but. Point being, I would much rather see a trade than Donaldson. I think Donaldson, while well, a good story last year, I think he's on the decline. And I wouldn't want to give four years, $100 million or whatever that number is right now, to a guy that's no, definitely on the decline. No, four years is too much, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. I mean, So you don't want to go that route, but 
I don't. You got to do something. <laughs> yeah, you got to yeah. do, do That's the point. And, and I wonder, is there something they're going to try? What, is there a deadline, Mike, typing? Are they going to rush into do it? I don't know any of that stuff. I don't know. So, the thing I think I would we're going to talk about this ad nauseum, and then they're just going to play keyboom at third, and that's what's going to happen. Well, they're that's not going to exactly do anything, gonna, probably. That's, that's why I said I think if it were me, I would move keyboom to third and sign, uh, like, Scooter Jeanette. Who's I mean, who's I mean I injured last year, it. but two years ago, two years ago he was he was dynamite. Dude was awesome. So yeah. if you can yeah. just you always have like one good him. year, one bad year type thing. Anyways. Right. So he he's gonna be cheap. You can take a one year flyer on him, maybe like an option for a second. And uh, he's a lefty bat who can be in the lineup. He's way better defensively than Howie. Howie can just platoon at, at first with Zim if you want to go that route. And then we sign Hudson and Patances to round out our bullpen. And, yeah, it, it's not yeah. as good I think that's the more likely. Yeah. Yeah. That's the more likely. I don't think they're going to go year, out. Yeah. Hey, go in-house. Yeah. Go in-house with it. You know, see what he can keep him at. But what he did last year kind of wasn't – Great though, right? I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, it was a very small sample size, and I think they rushed him up, and everybody expected a lot of him, and we were devastated by injuries at the time. I don't think you gave the kid enough of a chance to see what he can That's do. True. He's been tearing up the minors. I think he's going to be a lot better than what we saw out of him in that little span that he was up with the big club last year. I was kind of yeah, you're right. I was just kind of thinking though, if uh, the offensively, you can have. Not that good of a season. It's tough to come and do that or, you know, come in and start raking. But some guys do. But he was obviously – he had a home run, I think, uh, one of his first his games first or game. something. It, it was yeah. his first – I don't know if it was his first at-bat, but it was definitely his first game. The big problem with him, I mean, I, I think after that first game, he went like one for 20. Yeah, and that certainly that didn't help. Did. But the, yeah. the, right. the big the big thing was his errors. He had a ton his of errors. errors. Yeah. And yeah. that was – that was supposed to be his natural position. So I think it, it's almost backwards because, like, third base is the hot corner. But be, because the ball gets to you so quickly at third base, it's more instinct rather than you having time to react. It, it was the, the yips almost that he, he had He had time to react, and he was just overthinking and had, like, overanalysis paralysis. But if you put him at third, it's just he's going to rely on his pure baseball instinct, which we know he has a lot of. Yeah. So he actually might be better at third base than he is at shortstop. But he may. And so I have high hopes for that kid. I really do. I have high hopes for him. I think he's going to be a good major league. He's going to be a good everyday big leaguer. I think I might have saw Kibu in Hagerstown or uh, Long. When was that? I'll have to look in the ears for that. Uh, is his brother his brother still uh, around or no? I don't. I think, think they so. released him out of the Nats organization last late last season. Yeah, if I remember correctly. I believe that. Mm-hmm. What? Huh? I have to look it up. I don't remember, but I think I remember seeing something about that. <laughs> it's a business. It's pure business. Yeah, it sure is. Why Rendon left? Well, thank you very much for yeah, joining us. I'm glad we were able to uh-huh. get your uh, reaction on Rendon. I know we're all bummed. But hopefully uh, Magic Man Mike Rizzo can pull something out and uh, the Nats will have another good run. Let me leave off with this. This is from an article, the Washington Post, and what I was telling you about earlier and how I ended up deciding on this. It said, 
uh, June 15, 2013, first home run with the mullet. You guys mentioned that as well. Rendon's solo shot off Cleveland's Vinny Pistano broke a 6-6 tie in the ninth inning of Washington's win at Cleveland. Got a little mullet power, Rendon told reporters afterward. I got to do a shout-out to LaRoche for hooking me, hooking me up with this awesome haircut. Rendon <laughs> talked more about his mullet in an interview with Madison's Julia Alexander. Remember her? the following day. Yeah, it's, it's kind of phenomenal, he said. It's not going to, I'm not going to lie about it. Roshi did a good little artwork on it, and then I had Henry Rodriguez clean it up, make it actually look oh, like a good Henry haircut. Rodriguez. <laughs> wow. Deep, yeah, I love that after haircut. his first home run, he just talks about his haircut and not about hitting a home yeah. run. So <laughs> Rendon. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, and I... Like I said, and that kind of just put it put it in perspective. Like, if I'm gonna do this, I could do this right now with this mullet thing, this go to games thing next year. And, and I went to Nats Fest the the following year. It was great. I got some autographs. You know, players were loved it. When I saw Detweiler, he laughed about it because I ended up running the Detweiler at the convention center. He's a, he actually signed my helmet. Uh, Drew Storen afterwards, I ran into him. He was signing autographs for people. I don't know if you were there for that. He signed autographs <laughs> and said he was laughing about it. You know, and then, and then uh, yeah, I was like, man, this is great. I'm going to keep doing this. But, <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm glad then, to hear you know, that the rally mullet will live on. I'm glad. Yeah. Is, is, what is Matt's Twitter mullet. needs at this time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again so much. Anyway. Yeah, it was great God. to chat with you, great. and keep yeah. listening to the podcast and keep interacting with us on Twitter. We love it. All right, cool. We'll do. Bye, Mr. Muller. All right. All right, peace out. <laughs> See ya. So we want to thank at Rally Mullet again for joining us. It was awesome. We always love chatting with people that we sort of know on Twitter but don't really know in real life. So that was really cool and a great way to put a bow on the Rendon stuff. So see you, Mr. Tony, and uh, good luck in L.A. So let's move on. Now what? What do we do next? What's yeah, happening at third base? That's the big question because this team – needs a third baseman, second baseman, first baseman, and the bench of the bullpen. And, like, they kind of put themselves in the spot where it's Donaldson or bust at this point. Like, he's the only available option that, one, provides security to this lineup and also is a power threat. Like, yeah, like, he's getting towards that magical age where analytics says he's going to fall off the cliff, so the back end of the four years might be terrible. But he, like, he had an over 900 OPS last year, 34 home runs. Like, he also put over a 5 war. So he's showing that, like, the regression may not be as soon as we think. If he does that again, that's beautiful protection for Soto. Because I said it with Bryce, and I said it with Rodone. If you lose them, you have to supplement their production. And right now, yep. this free agent class that's left, there's not many options besides Donaldson. You get Donaldson... Your team's just as competitive as it was last year and right in the thick of things. You don't get Donaldson. You don't have the farm system to trade anyone. And if you get stuck with Mike Calfranco or Todd Frazier, you can pencil yourself in for fourth place because your lineup is going to be atrocious. Booty. 
go get Donaldson. Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. I was not as big into the idea of Donaldson at first, but now you see what's less available, and I, I just think you've got to get him because I think not to take anything away from Rendon's amazing season he had last year, but hitting it, that that you know back to back punch with Soto was a huge part. Oh, it was the best three four success. combo in the league. Yeah. It was a huge part of his success and a huge part of the success that the team had overall. And I think that it would be it would be fascinating to watch Donaldson hit with Soto. I mean, I think that Donaldson, sure, the back end of a four-year deal might be painful, but I think the first two years would be quite great to watch. But also, here's the other assuring thing about the four-year deal. By 2021, they're expecting the, uh, the DH to be in the National League. So if that happens, Ooh, slide him <laughs> or put him at first base. Like, even if they get just two, yeah. year, two great years out of him, the contract alone is worth it because what he brings to the lineup, what he brings out there defensively, and you want to talk about protection for Soto, that would be beautiful. Like, your top four yeah. lineup will be so good next year if they get him. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm literally split right down the middle on this. Like I could, if we get him great, if not, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Uh, certainly, uh, if we get him, uh, our lineup is for the most part, the same as it was last year, uh, which was good enough. I mean, as we, as we saw, um, and like Ryan said, we need to supplement that offensive production somewhere. And obviously the main uh, opportunity is at third base. And then maybe you take a flyer at uh, first base and, or second base or something like that to, to provide more pop. Um, and it would, if we do get him, it would also show me that the Nats are still committed to winning. They're not settling after they're won. They're trying to stay competitive and uh, make the most of this window while it remains open. So that would be awesome to see too. Um, if we don't get him um, again, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I just, the price tag to get him, it's just not like what I would be comfortable with. Yeah. That's basically the cost of doing business in the 2019 off season or 2020 off season, whatever it is. Um, like that's the cost whatever of doing business. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if you like go into the, the season approaching or whatever, but, um, but yeah, that's the cost of doing business and I get it. It's just, uh, I would rather on the, the conservative side of me of a wannabe baseball GM would rather spend that money elsewhere. Like I'm looking at uh, next who? year, like people like JT Real Muto, that would be nice. Silly. Um, says who Ryan, your Ten. source. <laughs> literally him. Well, uh, money talks Sources. money talks um but i don't know it, it's just like the the dh would help it's just a lot of money to a guy that all of his prime years are behind him so you're like banking a lot on this first year and if this first year is derailed by injuries or whatever then that whole contract's going to be a bust so it's a huge risk uh, certainly a huge reward, but definitely a huge risk. Well, you can say that about a lot of players, though. Like, if yes, but it's different when he's 35. That is true. But if his prime years are behind him and his new self is 900 OPS with over 30 home runs, yeah, like, and that's that. not his prime, <laughs> I'll take that any day of the week. Fair, and fair. There are a lot of, like, there are concerns to it, but 
look at the market for this year. Like the Phillies, no, I got, get it. I completely Phillies got get it. a hell of a lot better. The Braves got a hell of a lot better. The Mets, yeah. they got better. They're still not there, but they're very close. And yeah, the Nats just won the World Series, which is great, but they're in danger of falling well behind those other teams. And mm. they don't really have the farm system trade in one unpopular opinion. I trade Victor Robles in a heartbeat for Chris Bryant. Nats will never do it. But yeah. and then if you get him, your payroll next year is very, very low. You can go sign any of those free agents you mentioned. Like You can get Springer because Eaton's gone. You can go get Rizzo, even though he's never leaving Chicago. Or you can sign Michael Brantley. And then next season, or two years from now, you got Soto, Donaldson, Springer, Turner. Like Your team, again, is getting that much better. It's just there's a lot of ways for it, but this season, I think the only realistic way of them having a chance of having a competitive lineup is JD because as it stands right now, it's going to be their starting rotation trying to carry them, and history says their rotation is going to take a pretty big step back this year. Yeah, I, yeah. I get it. I get it too, and I actually agree with a, a large portion of that, Ryan. I think that um, – if you want to stay first. competitive, <laughs> I know, right? And if you want to be competitive next year, you have to get Donaldson. Because if you say, okay, you know, we can't sign a four-year deal, it's going to be terrible in the last two years, you know, fine. Then, but just know that you're not competing this year because there's nobody else on the market at third base that you can get that's going to keep you competitive in the NL East next year. And so, you know, you're basically deciding right now, do we want to be competitive next year and the year after, or do we want to keep ourselves in a position where we can be competitive three or four years down the road? And I will always take what's going on in the next year or two over some theoretical. We don't know who's going to be injured or who's going to get traded or who's, you know, what's going to happen two or three or four years down the road. Who the hell knows? But what we know right now is there's no better options at third base. So go get it. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. Because if, I mean, if you – do like what I not suggested, but pointed out and like wait a year, then obviously everyone in your rotation is another year older and, and whatnot. So right. it just, yeah, you got to do what you got to do now, regardless of how that contract contract pays out. Like you're not necessarily paying for his production at what? 37, 38, whatever it is. Like you're paying for it now and hopefully the year after. So again, I get it, but I would much rather, I agree with Ryan. I would trade Robles for Chris Bryant. I, I'm i just throwing that out there. I, have, I struggle with that a lot because I think it about is. how it's much not he easy. gave up. To get, yeah, but he's so young and he's so controllable and he's so well, let me, you know. And that's to me, like, to give up a guy like that, you need to get such a haul back. Like, think about what we paid. Chris Bryant's an MVP. <laughs> I understand. I understand. But it's one guy. You know what I mean? Like, I just feel like if you're going to if you're no, going to put uh, Robles so, on the we, table, could you get uh, a better package let let me, let me, if let you're going to put a guy like Robles on the table? Well, Ryan, just I I would only do it. One, I would only give up Robles if there's two years of Chris Bryant, not one. And if there is two years, it would be Robles and maybe like a pitching prospect, and that's it. Like not because Robles has a lot of value. So he has I'm a lot of value. Saying, the, the controllable years is I a just said huge that. value. <laughs> and I don't know. I just I would want to get a massive package back for him. Not to disparage Chris Bryant. I know how good Chris Bryant is. I'm just saying that I would if I'm going to shop Robles, I'm going to shop him and see what it's I can tough. get for him. It's it tough, but but let me just throw this at you. All right. So say the Nats right. trade Victor Robles, you can get Chris Bryant, maybe another prospect or two back. Center field for two that, years at least. At, for two years at least, okay. You so Chris Bryant has been a top five player in baseball since he made his debut. 
He was a college player of the year. He was a minor league player of the year. He's an MVP. The dude is a game-changing bat and the defense. He could play every position on the field. So one year, you're like, you know what? This free agent class sucks. You throw Michael Taylor in center field. He's going to bat eighth. Center field and shortstop, you trade elite defense for offense about nine out of ten times just because you get good defense from them. They're providing a great value for you. So you do one year of that, and then I'm looking at the free agent class for next year. You got Mookie Betts, George Springer, David Peralta, Michael Brantley, Jock Peterson, Jackie Bradley Jr., John Carlos Stanton. Sign one of them. Literally just any one of them. Pick your poison. You say you get JBJ, you just got the best defensive center fielder in baseball. You want a good real Yeah, nutcious, I like all that. Go if sign it were two Betts. years, I could, I could maybe be talked into it. But as it stands, mm-hmm. it's not two years. Like, he's not you – know, that's not what well, he's well, available well, for well, right now from my understanding. But, no, like, my, no, my well, point is about my, like, little rant there is, yes, like, trading him and losing his team control would suck. But when it's the outfield, there's so much talent out there. Yeah, it's easier to replace, replace than an infielder. And yeah, also, just look sure. look at the window. Like I know we talk about the window a lot, but I mean, I think once Max is done, and I mean, hopefully not before then, but it is a possibility just due to age. I mean, once Max is done, you really got to take a look about like at where we are. Um, because I mean, Strauss and Corbin will be up there too. So, I mean, yes, perfect world. Their production doesn't really dip all that much, but we have an older rotation. They're very good, Mm -hmm. but they're, they're older. So, I mean, if like it, it might be a like reality might be, I'm not saying it is, might be a reality. Our windows only two years anyways. So why not maximize our chance in that window while we can? I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just pointing that out. It is a good point. It is a, a very good point. So I don't know. I don't think they'll do it. It's all sort of a oh no, the Nats are not going to trade Victor Robles. So it, none of this matters really. It's like we started out this whole segment. It is JD or bust at this point. Yeah. And then I don't know what to do with the rest of the positions. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. don't know what they're going to do. First base, they're going to sign Zim and Platoon, Howie and Zim. That's what's going to happen. Me Second saves. base is Bring more of a saves. question. <laughs> yeah? There you yeah, go. I don't, you I, still, I don't know. I really, really want Scooter Jeanette, like, so badly. Because, I mean, he was hurt yeah, last year. you do talk year. about him a lot. Cause, well, because he was hurt last year, but literally the year before that, he was an all-star. And he, like, hit, like, close to 400 and had, like, 30-plus bombs. And, I mean, like, what's the, the yeah, harm the in signing him to a experiment one? showed us, a guy coming off injury. It's oh, it's, it's, no, I'm totally joking. I'm totally joking. It was just it occurred to me. It was funny. It, no, I agree. Like, I think that would be awesome. It, it's a better flyer than Brian Dozier. And no one had a problem with the Dozier signing. So, like, why not? Do you not? think also, Scooter Jeanette will twerk in the dugout as often as Dozier and entertain us all? <laughs> I will twerk in the dugout if we sign Scooter Jeanette. <laughs> all right. Also, uh, can we isolate uh, that audio so that we have that for posterity, please? <laughs> <laughs> they haven't been connected to a single reliever. A little concerning. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Including Hudson, <laughs> which I would, whom I would really like them to re-sign. Yeah, what's yeah. going on? I mean, the reliever market wasn't deep to begin with, but now it's like done for the most part. Like Hudson yeah. is, 
I mean, Batances is still available, but the well, funny, the two teams connected to him are the Mets and Phillies. So, like, I mean, assuming he signs with one of them, they get better, and we, for all intents and purposes, get worse because it's another bullpen arm that we sorely need that isn't on our team come 2020. And then teams are going to turn to Hudson uh, to try to pry him away. And, I mean, if the Nats haven't been in contact with him, then that's kind of a big deal. I Big sure deal. hope that there's more going on. We're just not hearing about it. Yeah, I think their attention's just something with the bullpen. I think their attention's just third base right now, and then once that's solved, we'll start getting everything else. Yeah, agreed. All right. Well, let's talk. What's next? We got Twitter questions. We got a good good bunch of Twitter questions this week. Um, at one pursuit takes asks. Why do some people want Michael Franco? I don't know. I haven't found a valid answer yet. That's it's like, it's like why do some people like coleslaw? People are freaks. It's that <laughs> some men just want to watch the world burn. That's why I say that. Yeah, I mean, if we're like seriously considering Michael Franco, like I'd just rather Todd Frazier. I mean, the, the dude who hits home runs and plays good defense and provides absolutely nothing else. So at that point, like, just sign Todd Frazier. Why the hell are we considering Mike Alfranco? Plus, it would be funny to see Adam Eaton and Todd Frazier on the same team. Okay. <laughs> that would be That would bold. be incredible. <laughs> That's a good atmosphere I want. Like, Frazier's <laughs> yeah. had a negative war four of his five years in his career. Like, just he makes your team worse. Just please stay away. Yeah. Every time like, somebody talks about Franco coming to the Nats, like, I just get the picture of that Adam Sandler gif in my head where he's singing that somebody kill me, please. Like, that's all I <laughs> Uh, but it's also like people are like, oh, he's a young, like, uh, high upside prospect. There's blah, no blah, blah. upside with him. There's no upside. The Phillies gave up on him. What? He, he was the five years too. This isn't like a young prospect anymore. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, at some point you just the Phillies suck. gave up on him. <laughs> at some point you are. Yeah, who you are. Michael I mean, A. Taylor. It's been five years. Yes, he's a perfect example. Everybody keeps talking about it. If I hear the word potential associated with Michael A. Taylor, do you know how long that guy has been in the big leagues? I like, love how people are is. like, oh, if he got consistent at bats. That's my favorite argument. <laughs> oh, man. When he got consistent at bats, I wanted to off myself. <laughs> it was so hard to watch. Still do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. On that note. <laughs> um, next question is from at truck2112 who says what does Trey Turner's t-shirt drawer say about him as a person only good things uh, his wife uh, does his laundry <laughs> he, has, he has someone who does it for him and organize it no man's drawer yeah. that organized <laughs> yeah I was going to say if I didn't know he was married I'd be like his mom comes over and puts his t-shirts away but, you want to see my t-shirt yeah. drawer is nowhere near as clean as that he also found that right. shirt like, Texer, it immediately it's <laughs> like alphabetized or something <laughs> A for Anthony Rendon <laughs> does, he, does he put it under A for Anthony Rendon or B for Bestie I mean how does we don't know how he organizes it. You can tell they're, they're just best friends. Like, that was great. Yeah, that was funny. All right. Uh, next question is from at Finch960, who says, here's a weird one. That video from MLB came out with the bat flips of the decade, but only like a third were actual flips. Most were just a toss. So can a dramatic bat toss really be considered the same as a flip? Can boomers be as mad at tosses as they are at flips? I love this question. <laughs> this is great. Um, this is this is like 
a bunch of questions. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how to like attack this. <laughs> I, no, because he he has a point. Like, there's there's certainly tosses and flips. I mean, like the the overarching point is like hitters like like hit, obviously hitting the ball far. I was going to use another phrase. Uh, hitting the ball far and like being arrogant at the plate and cocky, and because obviously they just they got the better of the pitcher. Like I enjoy it. I have zero problems with it. Um, yeah, I don't mind bat flips either. But if you're going to do bat flips of the decade, like make them actual flips. Okay, like the Jose number, Bautista, yes. The that, number one I think, was probably a bat should toss. win. Yeah, like, that can't yeah. be. It's, a toss is not a flip. It's not It's not in the same Like category. they had Jason Worth like, on there. You can, yeah, you can toss a bat with attitude, but it's not the same. A flip is a big F you to the pitcher. Like if, when you flip right. your bat, you are for real – like you're not just being like, oh, I threw my bat away with some, you know, with some swagger and ran to first base. Like when you flip your bat, that is a whole different ball game. And I don't know why they yeah. would put bat tosses in with the bat flip competition. It's stupid. Yeah, there's a clear difference. But another point is that boomers are just going to be mad at everything because they yeah. want to have respect for the game. Yeah, they've ruined everything, and now they're trying to ruin baseball. First, the right. economy and the environment. Now, baseball. Wow. Housing, education, <laughs> other stuff. Retiring. <laughs> oh, they seem to be doing retiring just fine. <laughs> yeah, just no one else. Is yeah, no one else is allowed to. <laughs> I always laugh when I look at uh, social, social security, security, get those social security projections stuff. in the mail. I'm always like, <laughs> that's funny. That's not going to happen. <laughs> And I tell I know I'm older than you guys, so I've been paying into Social Security a lot longer than you have, and uh, it's a little bit. Yeah, I read those things every year, and I'm like, uh huh, yeah, sure, sure. I mean, if I'm you sure combine randomized age, uh, we have more experience than you do, so I would tone it down there, Amanda. Yeah, we are great. If you combine your ages, that's stock true. markets. Um, I actually, do mutual funds. Yeah, four hundred one ks. You know. Yeah. The four hundred two k, the whole nine yards. I have a guy. Wow! I'll have to let you guys. I'll have to let you guys educate me about all that fancy stuff one day. <laughs> Ponzi schemes. Ponzi schemes. <laughs> no, no, no! Business opportunities. There's a difference. Right. Business opportunities. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Business. Business is good. All right. Let's move on. We have another one from Finch nine sixty who said, "If you had to pick one out of town series to get tickets to." The 2020 season, distance price schedule not being factors, which would you with? I'm going to add some words here. Which would you go with? I I like this question. Um, this is fun. Gotta, yeah, I don't even know. I have to look at the schedule. Pick. That's the thing. Like you yeah, got to pick just, a city you really want to go to. I don't even right. know. Like that's all it is. Morning, but yeah, that's I see all it Seattle. is. That's interesting. Oh, I like that one. Uh, yeah, because really he, he he said distance price and schedule. Are, are not factors. Um, one that jumped out to me is Anaheim because obviously the Nats play out there, not oh, here. Oh, hold on. Uh, you can time that beautifully and go to Anaheim right before the All-Star break and go to the All-Star game at Home Run Derby like I am currently planning. Sorry, go ahead. Nice. <laughs> right, but what the Nats are in Anaheim in May, though. Oh, I know. They're not playing the Nats. I don't care about that. Just oh, oh the I thought you, uh, like the All-Star game, yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay, so we have to – one out-of-town series, it says. So are we saying one Nats out-of-town series or just any out-of-town series? 
old? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it's a hypothetical anyways. I'm broke. Um, <laughs> but yeah. But I, what about I, all your stocks and mutual funds in your form? I fell for really for future Nick. That's for future Nick. Um, I think I'd go to Milwaukee yeah. just because I really like Milwaukee. I've been there. It's a cool town. And it's Ew, fun the to Midwest. See. I haven't been there in a long time. It's I a like cool Milwaukee. stadium. I've been there. It is. It's a cool stadium. Actually, the very first baseball game I ever went to in my life was was a Brewers game in Milwaukee. Mm. I Mine still was in the Midwest. Orioles Yankees. Nice. That's a good one. I think it was two thousand four. I remember I, I remember being very impressed by the racing the racing sausages and when I first saw the Nats do their racing presidents I was like huh yes cool. <laughs> unamused <laughs> racing sausages is also maybe better but whatever <laughs> yeah no I, I would say well just to get uh, I'm gonna pick Toronto because I don't know if there's ever gonna be a reason for me to go to Canada but I'm gonna go Toronto just because how <sighs> oh, do they play in Toronto I missed that I don't know but. Uh, it's a it's a stadium I haven't been to yet. I've been yeah, to, I would go to Canada if I had a trip on the schedule this year. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been to Seattle either, but I've been to Seattle. It's it's fine. <laughs> Doesn't do much for me. It's okay, I guess. Crap on Ryan's Coffee's pick. pretty good. Yeah, coffee's okay if you like, you know, Starbucks. I guess <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks. All right. At KL Comments says, navigating Winterfest, Winterfest for a virgin. I'm assuming he means a someone who hasn't been to Winterfest before. So, <laughs> as a good Christian male, um, Winterfest sucks. Don't go to it. It's that simple. Unless you have kids. Oh damn! I hate Winterfest. Yeah. I think it's such a waste of money. Like it's always way too early. No free agent sign. It's too close to the holidays and no one's there. Like, it's just weird. There's not that much to do. Um, if you have kids, it's cool because, like, the players read to them and you can play, like, on the field. The only cool thing is yeah. the big slide. And I asked Wilmer Defoe what are Saturdays for, and Wilmer Defoe didn't know what it meant. So in that moment, I lost all respect for him. So thanks, Nats. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, I don't like know. Winterfest, but I know a lot of people It's do. not that good. I, You know, it was when it was at the convention center, it's okay. There's like I don't know I like that venue better for it but when it's at that park it's it's crappy I don't like it it's winter it's cold and I don't know it's not that much fun to go to it really isn't and then when you do get autograph sessions and stuff you don't even know who you're gonna get and you know we got like uh, we got we got uh, Scherzer which was awesome but our other one was was Depo actually <laughs> so you're just like you know it's cool oh, so you weren't there if you're lucky you. <laughs> If it's the last time we went, but, it, you know, it, if you get lucky and you get cool autographs, that's neat, I guess. But, you know, you might just get people yeah. who are not super interested in it. You have to wait in line forever. It's to get a the lot autograph. of it's just, standing in line. And then, it is. It's just not a very great event. It, I would find something more interesting yeah. to do than Winterfest. But. And then when the MLB had their Fan Fest before All-Star Weekend, I realized what a real Fan Fest is. And it completely ruined Winterfest for me because the MLB event was unreal. And I will actually temper my criticism of it with this year. It probably is worth going because the, the trophy is going to be there. So if you want to get a picture with the trophy oh, and you haven't true. been able to do that true. yet, then this year would probably be worth it just for that. No players but will be there Generally, they don't have a team, but the trophy will be there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the most important go thing, Go take right? a picture with the trophy and then go to Chili's. Chili's! <laughs> Maybe back the Barry Blitz and Rita. Barry Blitz and Rita. It's very good. All right. <laughs> 
At KC Muncher, okay, chances that Key Boom is on the opening <laughs> day lineup. <laughs> uh, what do we think? Is Key Boom going to be in the opening day lineup? I think, yeah. yeah. He's going to be the starting second baseman. That's what I think, too. They're not going to sign Scooter Jeanette or anybody else. They're just going to nah, They're just going to start him. They got to get younger somewhere. Yep. And our pal at one lovely ADC says, do you have concerns about Corbin going into next season? Do you see a season like Sale had after his heavy usage in the playoffs? I think this I is a great question because Corbin's never pitched that much. Much Neither did Sale, and Sale regressed pretty – I mean, for Sale's uh, standards he did. Um, I yeah, think he got hurt too, which you get yeah. a point to the usage in 2018. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's a – it's something to monitor because the Red Sox were very, very careful with him. They didn't really give him a spring training, so he's kind of behind to start the year. Um, it's something definitely to monitor because he's never pitched that much more in his life. He was in a lot of different situations, a lot of short rests. I mean, that's just that just happens. We're trying yeah, to the win nature the of the series. playoffs. Yeah, like that happens. Um, it'll be something to monitor, and hopefully not. But I think there's a pretty good chance that happens. Yeah, Did you guys... It is a really good question completely semi-related. Um, did you guys realize that uh, Annabelle Sanchez had a, a team option for 2021? Did really? Yeah, I had no idea. I saw oh. that on uh, I was looking up the, the payroll numbers and it said that he has an option hmm. for 2021. Was like, huh. No liking. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's a, it's a team option, so it's really no harm. Oh, I so. think that he had an option. Oh, okay, no, no. it's a team option. Okay. So, I mean, no, if, you I pit, well, if he pitches, options. <laughs> if he pitches to like a three seventy RA again in twenty twenty, then I mean, maybe you can uh, consider him for twenty twenty one. It was just uh, a no. I thought it was a two year deal when he signed. I didn't realize there was an option. I didn't either. All right. No, I did not know that. So to answer the question about Corbin, I you know, is it something to monitor? Certainly. I mean, anytime you have a pitcher who goes. You know, a lot. It's why they do it even as early as little league. When got, when they start pushing people to pitch more and more, they always try to be really careful with them. So I, I hope the Nats are extremely careful with Corbin and make sure to you know monitor him really closely and make sure that if he's having any discomfort or anything, that they they address it right away and and don't let it become exacerbated. But I'm not super concerned about it. I, I feel like he really stepped up in a lot of different situations and showed that he was a, a very versatile pitcher. So hopefully, you know, he gets a nice break through the off season and comes back ready to ready to go in the spring. Yeah. We shall see. We shall indeed. I think that's our last question. You guys got anything else? Uh go to Chili's. Go to Chili's baby. Baby back rib. Do it. Do it. <laughs> All Do right, you guys well, know French fries aren't note. from France? Did you know no, that you know what? I don't have You're a 402K. You're just full of crazy information tonight. 402K? You don't have a what? I don't have a 402K. Oh. You have a 401K? Well, no, that got stolen. That sounds like an interesting story. I have a really good business opportunity for you guys, though. Uh, <laughs> tell you guys on Twitter. <laughs> uh, no, no, send it to me on Instagram. It's the only way I take uh, business opportunities. <laughs> Buy me a $1,000 iTunes gift card. <laughs> wow. Very nice. I don't use iTunes because I don't use an iPhone, so I don't need any iTunes gift card. 
Oh, sorry, I don't speak broke. <laughs> uh, yeah, you do. Actually. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have Ouch. It's getting rough up in here. We better go. Oh, my God. <laughs> Amanda from the top. That row. hurt. <laughs> the hell, Amanda? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. I guess that's going to do it for us. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. We always appreciate you listening. Please be sure to subscribe to Half Street High Heat wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, if you want to leave us reviews, that would be awesome too. You can find me on Twitter at awhite7877. You can find Nick and Ryan at DC Natchak. And you can find the show at Half Street High Heat. Thanks and have a great week. We'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Good night, guys. Later. There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac. A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents. The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator who has the cause has passed the wall to see you later. the early light of dawn well you can see they're running scared cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are and bursting in the air tell the library of congress that they might not want to look cause we're putting curly w's in every book
There's a new breeze blowing off the banks of the Potomac A new team's mowing down the ranks of their opponents The Nationals are smashing balls so that the commentator Who has the cause has passed the wall to see you By the early light of dawn, well, you can see they're running scared Cause the kinds of bombs we're launching are bursting in the air Tell the Library of Congress that they might not want to look Cause we're putting curly W's in every book Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.